Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi, loves. Welcome back to Not Basic Blonde podcast. And this episode is dedicated to wellness, nutrition, and weight loss. And my guest is Alana Mulstein, who is a weight loss expert, author of the bestseller, You Can Drop It, and To Be Mindset program. The reason I decided to invite Alana because she has lost 100 pounds herself and she kept it off without any strict diet. Also, in this episode, we will talk about how to eat anything you want and still lose weight, how to keep it off and how to lose weight if you have a busy lifestyle, and so much more. So tune in, guys. Hi, Lana. How are you? Welcome to Not Basic Blonde Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to have you. Would you please tell our listeners about yourself? Uh, Sure. I grew up in New York City, and I have some older siblings and parents uh, who... Uh, got divorced early on in my life. I was about four years old uh, when my parents got divorced. My siblings were much older and we grew up very much in the New York City mentality of independence, walk wherever you want to get whatever you want, and very little oversight from my parents. We're busy working, dating, uh, and everything else. I was like the youngest kid, kind of that fend for yourself culture and environment. And I definitely turned to food as a source of comfort and enjoyment and satisfaction and, you know, as a means to solve my emotional or bored or whatever was going on in my life at the time issues. So I ended up being very, very overweight at a very young age. And at eight years old for my regular doctor checkup with my doctor, my doctor insisted that I go to weight loss camp that summer. So at eight years old, I was shipped up to upstate New York and I went to a, what people know as fat camp. And there I was weighed in, I was measured and I had before pictures and after pictures taken. And I lost about 30 pounds eating their portion controlled food and working out like eight hours a day, all day. And when I returned home, I was excited about the weight loss, but I quickly gained it back and just resorted to my old ways. And I would gain like 40 pounds during the school year. So then, of course, my parents and my doctor would send me back to the weight loss camp and I would lose another 30, but then I would gain about 40 to 50 during the school year. And that yo-yo pattern kept happening until I just kept getting larger and larger and larger. And by my early teens, I was about 100 pounds overweight. And I was over 200 pounds and I was just 13, 14 years old. And that's when I decided I had to take this into my own hands and start taking care of myself better, treating myself better and 
getting to the weight, size, and health and confident state that I've always dreamed of being. So I started getting very inquisitive. I started studying nutrition on my own. I started really analyzing what was working in the summers that I wasn't applying to my school year and vice versa. And I started actually losing weight on my own throughout my teenage years. I lost about 50 pounds on my own and kept it off. And then I went on to study nutrition to help others do it too in the smartest, most sensible way. You know, right now there are a lot of people giving nutrition and wellness advice without the level of education. And that was never something I wanted to support or do personally. And for my own self, I wanted the credibility and the education and knowledge. So I went on to study nutrition and dietetics. I became a registered dietitian and went through all the organic chemistry and the biochemistry and advanced food science nutrition courses to do so and was hired by UCLA right out of school. At that point, I was down about 60, 70 pounds and they hired me to teach a weight loss seminar and instruct their overweight population, whether it be janitors, nurses, professors, anyone who was interested in losing weight in a way that was healthy and sustainable and simple and community led by me, uh, they allowed to participate and they were extremely successful, but I always felt that it was unfair that more people didn't get to experience this. So I went on to also get my master's degree in nutrition and health communication. I launched my private practice, was seeing hundreds of clients in Beverly Hills, but I knew that there are more people around the country, around the world who needed this method that's simple, sensible, and sustainable and really just works for weight loss in a way that's fun and enjoyable. So I partnered with Beachbody, the company behind P9DX and Insanity, and they helped me really translate my method and my system to everyone who wants it. And now we have over 240, 250,000 people doing my program. It's been a huge success, thankfully. And so I just launched my book. I just wrote a book. You can drop it. It's now on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. And in the first week, it became a Wall Street Journal bestseller. So it's been very, very exciting to finally feel like I am able to share this more positive approach to weight loss with the world. Wow, that's an amazing story. And you also have the To Be Mindset program. Would you please tell us more about it? So that's the program I launched with Beachbody, which is essentially giving people at home, in their homes, what it's like to be my private client for the first 10 or so sessions. So it's a video-based program. You can watch the whole program in about three hours. And I will walk you through precisely my three pillars of weight loss, how to really take hold of your nutrition piece, what to have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I have this method called the plate it method, and it's just a way and a means of understanding food groups that's simple. A lot of people think there's so many food groups and there's fats and there's sugars and there's oils and there's starches and then there's resistant starches and all this stuff. And it's way too complicated and completely unnecessary for just getting people healthy and fit and strong and more confident. So I have four food groups. I break down really simply in the videos. I am surrounded by tons and tons of food. It's really wonderful if you're a visual learner. And then I show you how to plate it, breakfast, lunch, snack, which I call snackional, dinner, and go even further to, I'm sitting there with a huge stack of takeout menus. There's a video like where you learn how to order takeout. And I go through a Chinese food menu, a diner menu, Thai, you know, Japanese, a deli, whatever it is, barbecue, Italian. So you understand how you can live this lifestyle and keep losing weight wherever you are. I go into how to travel, how to go to events and parties and all that stuff. And also go into the mindset piece of, well, where does exercise fit in? Is it really necessary or what I call extra credit and so forth? I talked to you about the scale and when the scale goes up, now what? And when you're at a plateau, what should you do? So we really addressed and answered the questions to help everyone start losing weight and we tested this on hundreds of like tons and tons of people before we even launched the program so we knew what kind of questions come up and made sure to create a video and address each one individually and the book you can drop it which came out last week is 
a little bit deeper into that emotional piece, right? For, I mean, people do the To Be Mindset program every day. We have people sign up for the To Be Mindset program. People drop 20, 30, 50, 60 pounds, over 100 pounds all the time, no problem. It's wonderful. But the book is there to help really get into the mindset piece and help you when self-sabotage kicks in, when you just convince yourself you don't care so you can justify eating the Doritos and how to remind yourself that you do care in those moments and how to go about those Doritos in a way that's smarter and actually going to help you with your goals without focusing on you can't have it because I, I never really focus on what you can have. It's always a matter of what you can have, what you want to fill up, on and how to just be your ultimate best self in a positive state all day can't have it is the most like popular because i usually tell myself like can't have it and then sometimes i go crazy on something because i, I was really craving it but then i learned that i would rather eat just a little bit of what i really want than just eat everything else and still be not satisfied <laughs> right. And I, my analogy I, I like to use and I use in the book is try to tell yourself not to think about elephants. So everyone listening now, try to go about this exercise where you just do not think about elephants. You don't think about their gray leathery skin. You don't think about their large size. You don't think about them walking together in a unit. You don't think about them in the circus. You don't think about them eating peanuts. You don't think anything about elephants. Well, how successful were you to not think about elephants? Well, it's funny thing because in LA, in Santa Monica, there is a um, pizza place. I think it's called Elefante. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love that place, but every time I went there with my friend, we were like, okay, I'm eating pizza now. We feel like Elefante for sure. Oh, that's so funny. I know. I love that restaurant, Elefante, though, and my birthday is in two weeks, and even like seven months ago, before coronavirus and quarantine and all this stuff, I was planning on making myself an amazing birthday party at Elefante this summer. I was like, my book is going to come out. It's going to be a great year. I want to have this wonderful party at Elefante, kick off the summer, and uh, they are so not open. <laughs> But hopefully soon we can we can come back together. But I totally know what you mean. Elefante is definitely known for their pizza, but it's also great vibes. And they have amazing shaved Brussels sprouts, tons of healthy, delicious dishes. You just have to kind of scope them in the menu. And that's what my video on how to eat out and dine out is really all about. So you don't go to a place that's known for pizza and feel like you need to have it. And if you do have pizza... Maybe you have a piece of, you know, the shared pizza for the table, but you don't feel the need to order a quote unquote personal pie. That's technically four or five servings of pizza. Yeah, I know. But their pizza is extra. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And so I have something called my like more sure model where you learn how to fit in pizza and still lose weight, but you're still filling up on other things so that you're not going in feeling really hungry, then getting a little tipsy on their very strong drinks and then finding yourself eating so much more pizza than you imagined. So it's kind of, I have all these processes to, if you do like a lot of food, like I do, if you do like to eat and you have a hearty appetite, how to go about it so that ultimately when you do eat pizza, you're in the utmost control and you can see the best results. Oh, I see. And how do you keep the weight off with busy lifestyle? That's a great question. So one thing that my book has that's not within the program, being that the book came out about two years after the program, is maintenance mode. So I didn't just lose 100 pounds. I've kept my 100 pounds off through having two children uh, and you know, years later. So it really is a matter of understanding my maintenance mode, which I go into the book, which I always talk about maintenance. I don't, I am not interested in losing weight to gain it back again. Every single time I have a new private client, every time someone signs up for my to be mindset program, my book, everything, they should know well <laughs> for themselves that I don't care if they lose 15 pounds in one week if they're just gonna gain it back. That is such an old way of thinking that I really hope is gone. It just makes no sense. It just makes no sense. Like the quick fix thing is so dated, it's so jury, it's so old. And any person who's been 
doing it, trying it, the cleanse, the fast, the keto, the paleo. If you've done at least three or four, you know that weight doesn't hold on. Even if you admire that time, you were able to be so disciplined and able to get so thin, you might think back at that time as, wow, I was so great and that diet was so amazing. But ultimately, if you ended up larger or back at that original weight, that was an absolute failed approach. So we can take some good things that came out of that for sure and bring them into my 2B mindset, my weight loss approach. But we're definitely not going to ever try to mimic that because I've seen people over and over again be like, why can't I just do that strict thing that I was able to do before? And it's because it's just not built to be a sustainable program and it doesn't work. So from day one of doing my program to mindset, I talk about maintenance mode. I even bring maintenance mode and what it's going to look like into the first chapter or two within my book. So people are reading the book and understanding that yes, they're going to use these methods to lose weight, but these are the same methods that are enjoyable and sustainable and sensible enough that you're going to want to keep them for the rest of your life. Like drinking water, eating veggies, making smart choices at meals, understanding that you're not losing 20 pounds so you can eat three boxes of pizza. You're eating, you're losing 20 pounds so you can keep pizza in your life, but in a way that's smarter, that's healthier, that's better for your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. So you're always looking good. You're always feeling hot. You're always feeling young and vibrant and energetic and fresh. Yeah, but do you believe that it's harder to lose weight with age? No. I don't. Uh, I, I honestly, and I don't say that because I'm just, you know, a magician and pretending like I'm an idealistic person who has no connection to the world. I'm saying that because I've literally counseled so many hundreds of people. And at UCLA, I used to lead weight loss seminars to groups of 80 people at a time. And they were broken up into groups, more intimate groups of 15 to 20 people at a time. And I would have groups in my 12-week weight loss seminar, I would have within the same group, the same amount of sessions, the same amount of education, everything, I would have a 25-year-old guy who's 60 pounds overweight lose only five pounds throughout the three months. And then I would have a 70-year-old, maybe secretary, desk job, female, post-menopause or going through menopause lose 20 pounds throughout the 12 weeks. And I saw it was much more about a mentality than a metabolism. If you're trying to lose weight begrudgingly, if you don't believe you can lose weight, so you're like, I'm not going to lose weight anyway, what's the point of even trying? You're not going to lose weight. If you're in a state where you're like, okay, my doctor said it might be more difficult for me to lose weight because I'm on this medication or because I'm a certain age, then it might be harder, but it's not impossible. And I'm going to focus that much more and I'm going to see this weight come off. You're going to see a tremendous success. So I totally talked to that in the book. I had a, I, I believe to this day that I have a metabolism of some, of an 80 year old woman. I do not have a fast metabolism. I have the like obese gene for sure. My genetics are not working for me. They're always working against me. I have clients in their 60s, 70s. It doesn't matter. If you allow it to matter, it's going to matter. But there's so much in your control of how you can lose weight that it doesn't matter if it's the last five pounds and you're getting closer to your weight. People think it's going to get so much harder when you get your goal weight. It doesn't have to. People think it's going to get so much harder if you get older, so much harder on your period. But it's not true. I mean, I've seen it like over and over and over again. Yeah. And what do you think about scale? Should we rely on it? I love the scale. So one thing about me that's definitely different than other people is I glorify the scale. Uh, if you Google uh, Alana Molstein obesity, you'll see I've been written up in the Journal of Obesity. I discuss loads of studies backing the support of the scale and helping you not just lose weight, but also keep the weight off. So the scale, I will say, is your friend only, though, if you understand how I instruct you to work it. So a lot of people are like, okay, I heard you say you like the scale. I'm going on it, and I still hate it because it's showing me that I'm gaining weight. Well, then you're not going to like the scale that way. But if you do my program, if you learn the 2B mindset, if you learn actually how you're going to lose weight, if you actually write down your food along with it, you're going to end up using and looking at the scale as a objective measuring tool. That's going to start showing you what works for you and what doesn't. 
So going back to my story and my history, every summer I would lose, I would lose 30 pounds, but I would just gain it all back and more right after. And when I started studying, well, what's working so well in the summer that I'm totally avoiding all year? One of the first things was the scale. How come I lose 30 pounds all summer and then I come back in September, I totally ditch the scale and I have to wait till June to see that I've gained 45 pounds? What, what am I doing? And most people listening and in the world who've gained a lot of weight have also been avoiding the scale because it, get, becomes, it becomes too scary to look at. If you don't go on it for a week, okay, you might gain five pounds in a week after alcohol and salty food and whatever. If you avoid the scale for a month, two months, three months, it becomes really scary. It can become 15, 20, 30 pounds within a short amount of time living in our obesity latent culture. And then who are you going to blame? I mean, you're going to blame the messenger, which is the scale who delivered the information, rather than focusing not the blame, but the focus on all the foods and behaviors that brought that scale up. So I think we've put way too much negativity around the scale. Scales have not changed in thousands of years. It's our mentality of people telling you to avoid it that has actually risen our obesity crisis to such epic, horrible numbers that hopefully will start to curb when people start rearranging the emphasis and the blame and the the negative focus they have towards it, as long as they're also eating along with it and so forth. So I don't want anyone to start using the scale every day and think that they have to not eat in order to see it go down, which is why I really, I love the scale. I promote the scale. I have seen the scale be a tremendous factor in my ability to lose weight while drinking margaritas, eating buffalo wings and pizza, which are three things I had this week while losing weight. I love the scale, but you have to learn how you can actually eat more to weigh less. You actually have to learn how exercise is just extra credit. So I, I love the scale, but I don't recommend just using it without understanding my approach to helping it go down so that you're not scared of food in order to go on the scale. You're actually going to see when you use my method, it's usually on the days you're eating more that the scale goes down because you're eating at the right times, you're eating the right foods and you're setting yourself up for the most success. Yeah, one time I threw away like three scale, different scale because I was like five pounds more and I started freaking out. I was like, okay, something wrong with the scale. So I bought another one and another one. It was showing the same. Yeah. <laughs> throw away two others, just left one. And then just, but then I was like, okay, maybe it's just the water weight or maybe I was eating too much. Right. You start to really ask yourself more investigative-like questions. And also, five pounds still feels within a realm of, okay, I could lose five pounds. Everyone's lost three to five pounds a million times in their lives, whether they realize it or not. It's when the numbers have become like 20, 30, 40, 60, it gets so scary. But the longer you avoid the scale, I've seen over and over again with my clients and for myself, the scarier it becomes, which is why I do recommend a more frequent weighing approach with all the other you know, methods and teachings that I, I share with everyone. Yeah. And also you have a saying, water first, veggies most. What do you, uh, how do you describe this formula? Yeah, absolutely. So that's uh, definitely like, that's a huge part of my program. I, it's like I have these things called the two bunnies, these four pillars everyone needs. The scale is actually one of them. Water first, veggies most are the other two. And then I talk about tracking a lot. But uh, water first, veggies most are my trademark, my coin term, because one, it's wonderful for weight loss, but it's actually one of those things that everyone can start applying to their lives for weight maintenance, for overall health. Drinking more water, eating more veggies is a universal principle that will help all of us. But I do specifically speak to water first. There's a lot of research and studies proving that drinking 16 ounces, but prior to a meal, right before you eat any meal or snack within 30 minutes of eating it, will help you eat way more consciously, help you make better choices, help you stop sooner and so forth. So I'm not a believer in small portions. I don't believe in telling people they should weigh or measure their protein or broccoli or brown rice or any of that stuff. I like barbecue sauce, Thousand Island, and using what I call my eyeball method to kind of 
use your eyes and approximate if that looks great for you. And if you want more, sure, I have a whole method on taking seconds and so forth. So if you just start by drinking water first, it's a very unconscious like way to have better self-control without having to overthink it. Because I don't want you to ever overthink cutting out sugar or cutting out carbs and all that stuff because that actually becomes more energy draining than anything. But if you start focusing right now, right today, on drinking water first prior to eating, you're going to feel so much more energy, so much more ability to control your food. You're going to probably start losing weight um, and just eating better overall. So there's a lot of studies and research to back all of that, which is why I always say water first, even before your coffee and cocktail, and uh, veggies most. So veggies are your friend. The more veggies you eat, the more weight you can lose. There's a lot of stigma around veggies. People think they hate vegetables. People think they have to be bland. They have to be overcooked. They have to be soggy. They have to be expensive. They have to be organic. None of that is true. Veggies are delicious. They're abundant. You can make my caramelized cabbage steaks, like wonderful, wonderful slaws, stir fries, soups, stews, zucchini noodles and peanut sauce, spaghetti squash lasagna eggplant pizzas. So I have all these recipes. There's 50 recipes within the book. There's dozens of recipes within my Chubby Mindset program of ways that you could just start finding a love for veggies where they're easy to make. They're inexpensive to buy. They last a really long time in your refrigerator or even counter. They're juicy. They're sweet. They're savory. They're everything you want them to be. So I definitely encourage people to love veggies. I'm like the veggie ambassador. My ultimate goal in life would be to buy out tons and tons of cornfields from middle America and turn them into zucchini patches and eggplant patches and spaghetti squash and so forth. So uh, we definitely need to change our mindset and approach to eating vegetables 100%. And that helps so much with weight loss and making weight loss happy as well. Yeah, that's so true. But drinking water before your meal doesn't stretch out your stomach because there there are some theories that drinking water before meal actually like you know stretches out your stomach so you, you will eat more oh goodness complete and total opposite it's been proven i have studies i could send you after this call i cite them in my book nothing about stretching we have a hormone at the base of our stomach called gremlin. So I always like to picture it as a little gremlin monster who's always screaming and saying, I'm hungry, feed me, I'm hungry, I'm feed me, I'm not full. And that's why we all overeat and try not to and blame ourselves and so forth. Um, it's because this little hornous hormone happens to work like a sense for the supermarket and you put tomatoes on a scale and you'll see the scale weighs down a little bit. That's this hormone as well. So the second you apply some weight and pressure, into the stomach, you can quiet the hunger hormone, which like I mentioned, will better overall fullness, satisfaction, better choices, less sense of urgency and feeling like you are starving and you need to keep eating. So it doesn't make it tends to uh, complete in a way. So it's kind of like a game of real estate. It takes up what you think is this huge stomach that is so hungry. It can wolf down a bag of chips and a pizza and maybe even a brownie or a cookie. Now it's like, oh, okay, I don't even have room for that cookie. So like ease up. So it's a positive thing, if anything, that it would stretch the stomach because there's another hormone that actually very well to a stretch in the stomach. We need that stomach to feel there was a little stretch, there was a little weight, there was a little volume, I mean a lot of volume, you know, of these things in order for leptin or other hormone to come in and say, you're full, stop eating. So we need a little bit of that stretch. It's a, it's a great question um, and theory to uh, talk about and to debunk because it's, it's a positive thing, if anything. I see. And what do you think about carbs? Carbs are essential. I think we all know that. Uh, the thing is, obviously, we don't need a lot of carbs to function and survive, right? We're seeing people go merely with any. For sure, they're getting the keto flu. For sure, they're gaining all their weight back. But we see it's manageable. But we can't have none because then all your weight comes back. You're just losing water weight and so forth. So we definitely need carbs to survive, to function, to give our brain what it needs, to not feel deprived, to not overreact, to be able to think clearly because it's our brain's primary source of 
fuel, glucose. So we need enough carbs to have great energy, enough carbs to feel good, but not too much that we're inhibiting our ability to lose weight. So I always talk about carbs as there's two kinds of carbs, right? We know that there's good fat and bad fat and less good fat, whatever you want to call it, but trans inherently bad. So there's, we know that we can break down things a little bit deeper now. Carbohydrates, I have two categories for. There's the fiber-filled carbs, the carbohydrates that are filled with fiber and that are lower in sugar, like high-fiber bread and crackers and fruit, like strawberries and watermelon and mango, whatever it is. So there's fruit and fiber-filled carbohydrates, starchy vegetables like corn, And then we have silly carbohydrates, which are carbohydrates with very little fiber and a lot of sugar, which actually just cause a little addictive eating, a little out of control eating, which can lead to a whole downward spiral. And they can increase our feel-good hormones in our body, make us kind of dependent on them for comfort, satisfaction. So it's not anything we have to cut out because these are things like cookies and brownies alcohol drinks, things that we want in part of our life, but we definitely have to go about them better, which is why I have a whole process on how to approach carbs, when to approach those silly carbs. So you feel like you're treating yourself, not cheating yourself. You'll learn how you'll get a food label to look at food at a deli at a party or wherever you are and be able to differentiate is this a fiber-filled carb or a silly carb? And whether it's either how to approach it best for best energy, but also your best weight loss. Yeah, I see. And do you think diets work? I mean, it's proven that a, a dieting culture is only making us more obese. In the era of more paleo, more keto, more juice cleanses, more pills, we've only gotten bigger and bigger and more heavy and obese in the process. So it's not just my opinion, it's a proven fact that 98 to 99% of all dieters will fail, meaning that they will not just gain their weight back, but most to many will actually gain back more. So certainly clear that it won't work. The difference between a diet and my 2B Mindset program is that a diet, I always stands for, did I eat that. It's usually a list of foods you can eat or and foods that you can eat, and you become totally fixated on the ones you can't, the same way I use the elephant analogy. Also, maybe not even considered a diet, but different weight loss programs or plans or theories or methods like Whole30 that aren't maybe, I mean, yeah, it is restrictive or whatever it is, but like something like Weight Watchers where it's really focused on nutrition piece, what to eat, what not to eat is nice, but it's never going to actually help someone lose the weight and be able to keep it off with ease from what I've seen without also addressing the emotional pillar, the eating out of loneliness, the eating out of frustration, the eating out of getting a breakup text, the eating out of getting furloughed or fired or divorced or like dealing with the passing of a loved one or whatever it is, unless you work on that emotional eating piece, which I address very, very strongly within my book, how to ease up and remove and drop the emotional eating piece out of your life for good. And also the environmental piece, how to, how to work with the people in your household, how to work with your friends and family to get on board with your positive approach to weight loss, because that's going to make a huge impact how to make your pantry work for you because insight in stomach, unless you really approach the environmental and the emotional piece, the way I teach people in addition to the nutritional piece, you're never really going to see that long-term success. So diets inherently just don't work because they usually are too focused on the nutrition piece. And that's coming from someone who is a registered dietitian with a master's degree in nutrition. I'm saying that the nutrition piece is usually it's way too emphasized in a weight loss system without, you know, really focusing on the other things that are just as important. A word diet makes me hungry always. <laughs> yeah. It just affects your mind in a way that, okay, you're going to be starving and then your body wants to like protest. Right. And even when people do my program, like the to be mindset, um, even when people do my program, the to be mindset, I usually get messages 
months later, well, I just got tons this past two months before my book launched of people saying, I did the two B mindset. I, lo- I lost 45 pounds. I didn't gain it back at all, but I still need to lose 15 or whatever it is. So I'm getting your book and I'm excited. That goes to show you the difference of my, my approach and diets because diets, no one's ever going to be able to just keep 45 pounds off. No problem for a year and a half and wait till they need the next burst. That's completely not the case. One of the principles that helps so much within my program to get there is a very proven aspect of this scale. If I get someone really comfortable using the scale often from the start, then that's something that they're never gonna feel like they have to stop doing because it becomes like a daily check-in or a reminder or something that like shows you, wow, after that cruise or party, you might've gone up three to four pounds, but you can lose that. Let's not let it go further. And I always show people that you can lose weight as fast as you can gain it. So if you go on every week, you know that you can always lose weight with the 2B mindset as fast as you can gain it. So you can gain that, you can lose that weight just as quickly. A lot of it is usually blow, water, weight, salt, alcohol, lack of sleep, too much stress, whatever it is. And you could always rebound that quickly. And that's that's really the difference. You always want to go for something. If you're listening to this and you're a skeptic and you're a doubter and you still want to do every diet in the book and you want to do the same diet that that celebrity told you got her those shredded abs or whatever it is. I just recommend if you're going to take any advice from someone who's lost weight, who you want to copy, follow up with them seven months later, follow up with them seven months later and make sure you actually know what's going on. Right? So if you look at all the testimonials, if you go to hashtag to be mindset, if you read testimonials of people doing my program, not only will they usually like they tell you exactly what they're doing, how they're following the program best, especially within my mindset membership community, people just share, share, share. They want everyone to succeed, which is nice and amazing, but they're keeping it off, right? So you just always, always, always don't judge a diet by how it affected someone, your neighbor, your best friend, your influencer in the next month, two months, five months. Make sure that you are following up with that person for months and months to come. And are they still living with ease? Are they living happily? Are they traveling? Are they going to restaurants? Are they eating with their family? Are they cooking a lot? Are they eating packaged food too? Are they still drinking alcohol? Do they look like they're maintaining a lifestyle while also maintaining their weight? And if so, that's definitely going to be something you're going to want to try. Yeah, that's so true. Keeping it off is always the hardest part and always the challenging part. Yeah, I mean, but it doesn't have to be. It could actually be easy. And so with my program, why it's also very different from a diet is diets are actually really easy to start. So a diet is very easy to start. If you go on keto and they tell you, eat these five foods, okay, so you clear your refrigerator of everything that's not those five foods, you go go to the supermarket, you load up on those five foods, you're able to keep it for three weeks because that's all you see and that's all you know. But then you get invited here and then you get a commercial ad for that and then someone sends you some chocolates and it almost becomes impossible as life kicks in, stress kicks in, your social life kicks in, your emotions kick in, and now you don't even know what to do anymore. It becomes impossible to keep up with. The 2B mindset, my whole program and philosophy is that it will take effort in the beginning because I'm going to help you reprogram your relationship with food, reestablish the habits you have around eating, around living in a way that might make you question like, hmm, I like bread and toast in the morning. Should I have two slices or one slice? Should I look for higher fiber bread? Like I will make you think a little bit because you can handle that. I will make it as simple as possible, but I will encourage you to trust yourself with these principles and these guidelines because the more effort you put in in the beginning, the more effortless it becomes to keep off. And so that's my entire approach. It's very different than any diet. It is a little harder. And I have a three-stage breakdown of weight loss with my plan, which is stage one is weight loss, which is a little tricky. You're going to lose two to three pounds a week still, if that's what you need to do. And people lose anywhere from five to 15 pounds their first month, second month. But once you handle that, you figure out how to grocery shop better, how what takeout restaurants actually totally work for your weight loss, even though they were so delicious and easy to prepare and eat and so forth, then it becomes effortless. You now realize what exactly works for you in your weight loss because it's completely 
completely done within your lifestyle. If you're a sushi eater, you'll still eat sushi. If you're a Chinese food eater, you'll still eat Chinese food. If you're into Mexican and love fajitas, you'll still eat all those flavors. You'll do you, 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 the way you like to work out or not work out and so forth. Once you figure out that piece of weight loss mode that usually lasts about six weeks to maybe two months and you maybe drop the first 10 or 15 pounds or whatever it is, that's when you enter melting mode. Melting mode is the best thing ever. So melting mode is when people literally have done the 2B mindset, they've kind of figured it out, they've tracked really well, they've used the scale, they've done water first, I just must, and then the weight just melts off and they get to their goal weight, they surpass their goal weight. I mean, I work with people who get like, who start at 160, the goal is 135, and then they end up 118. So it, it really pushes you. And then you go into what I was talking about earlier, which is maintenance mode, how you're going to maintain that forever. I see. And what do you think, like, what is your solution for emotional eaters? That is uh, definitely uh, a whole chapter within the book. Um, my first stage in helping people overcome emotional eating is to identify what kind of emotional eater you are. So within my book, I have a whole section, which people are loving. I'm going to have to, for my second book, I'm going to have to get a little creative and create more. But uh, it's called Emotional Eating A to Z, where I talk about all the different kinds of emotional eating. Because for me, for instance, I am not a sad eater. If I get sad news and it's already after the fact, like someone was hurt or I didn't get something I was working for, whatever it is, uh, might be sad. I, I kind of lose my appetite for the next couple of hours, which is rare for me because I'm someone who loves and loves and loves to eat. But if I have something I absolutely have to do, then I will procrastinate. So <laughs> procrastinating is like, okay, I have to do my taxes. I clearly don't want to do it. So I'm going to justify the fact that I might be hungry so I can make myself a quick snack. So that's called procrastinating, like pushing off things you don't want to do. Then there's FOMO eating. So FOMO eating is you're at Elefante. You told yourself that you wanted to get the salad tonight and maybe not drink, but then you're with all these friends who are drinking cocktails, who are ordering pizza, and then you have the fear of missing out, FOMO, and you start eating for that reason. So I have like, I created all these terms for eating. Then I have what is also a big thing is I might not be a sad eater where I eat after the fact of hearing sad news, but I might be a fear of the unknown eater where I'm in the interim of hearing the outcome of something and I'll eat out of that anxiety or frustration. Uh, so the first step in overcoming emotional eating is read my book, go through emotional eating A to Z, and really try to identify which one it is for you. Because once you identify what kind of emotional eater you are, whether it's stress, whether it's loneliness, whatever it is, then you could then figure out how I walk you through like the stages of coping with those emotions when they come up, because they will always come up. Life is emotional. It's an emotional roller coaster. And we're all emotional eaters, whether we realize it or not, because we're all emotional. We all have different aspects of our lives that create different emotions in our body. And we eat three times a day. So you're always going to intersect some emotion with some eating. And that's something you've been doing since you're a little kid without realizing. So it's having to reprogram that emotional response to hunger and to these stimuli that really is going to help you overcome emotional eating for life. Yeah, I'm like you because... I sometimes don't want to do something and I make sure I eat well before I start it because I know oh, yeah. do it so, so bad, but I never eat when I'm stressed out. Like I can not eat for like a couple of days when I'm really stressed out. Yeah. And that's like a hundred percent something I only learned when I started being friends with slimmer people and having slimmer clients realizing like, wow. I have a lot of slim friends who say when they're stressed, they're too stressed to eat. And for me, it's always been, oh, I'm stressed. Like I need to eat more. And so it's, it's really understanding that so you can get to be however you want to be. And that is something that you will definitely be able to do with time within you know, my book and program. My first line, I have an emotional eating video within the 2B Mindset program. My first line in it, and something I still say over and over again, which is 
emotional eating did not start in a day. So you're not going to end it in a day. People want a quick fix on everything. People want to think like, oh, I gained 20 pounds after that person passed away or after I had that breakup or after I left that job. You know, I should just be able to do this diet and lose those 20 pounds. Well, the bottom line is if that emotion is still lingering inside of you and you're thinking that when you lose weight, you're going to be happy, it's probably not going to be the case. And that's why so many people then gain their weight back from those fad diets. You have to be happy or on the verge of getting happy every step of the way in your weight loss program so you actually keep it off. And so that's something I, I feel very strongly that people are able to accomplish uh, within my program. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And what do you think about exercising? Like how often do you need to exercise or how is it related to our diet? So I always say exercise is extra credit because as someone who was a hundred pounds overweight, I will tell you, it's not very fun to do jumping jacks when you feel like the weight is just jiggling all over you. And even though I, you know, always did maybe like the treadmill while watching TV or whatever it is, I always saw in my weight loss journey that it didn't matter if I didn't have the food in control. And on the weeks that I have great nutrition and eating, but I'm traveling a lot and I'm not exercising, I'm still able to drop weight, keep it off, feel great. So I always say exercise is extra credit. I personally like to exercise. Some days that looks like a 35-minute bar class or an hour-long you know, intense class when studios are back open, whatever that is. And other times it means I walk around the block for 10 minutes while listening to a podcast and then do some crunches in the room. Some days it doesn't mean anything at all. So I do love exercise. I do think it is a wonderful way to feel more in tune with your body, more proud of your body, stronger in your body, and get you to the point where you then want to nourish it well. I think like exercise we know helps people sleep deeper, which can help you lose weight in a slew of different reasons. I think it can encourage you to drink more water. So there's so many reasons why exercise is a great overall wellness and lifestyle thing. But if you have an injury, if you're uninterested, if you're unable you don't need exercise at the start of losing weight. And usually if I have someone like that who just doesn't want to exercise, it's totally fine. They focus on doing my program. They do it in a really great state. They get into the place where they're in melting mode, where the weight is like falling off because they've put the work in, they put the effort into understanding how to lose weight with their nutrition, with my plan. And then they're encouraged to want to work out, right? So when you start to get the first layer of weight off of you, it's like, damn, I'm starting to look good. I'm starting to feel more energy. Now I want to see what my body can do. So I, it can go either way. You can either start exercising at the start or you can get there when you need because a lot of people are listening right now. They're exercising plenty. They're still not the weight they want to be and they don't know why. So that's why it's really important. You first fo focus mainly on you know, my plan or whatever nutrition program you're doing and then weave in the exercise when you're ready, willing, and able. Yeah, I think so too. And what is your favorite quote that you live by? My favorite quote, uh, I have a couple. Um, <laughs> I have a couple. I have a couple within my book and program. People call them my little Alana-isms. Um, you know, obviously I have these things like water first, veggies most, and you know, you could always lose weight as fast as you can gain it and things like that that will help you lose weight. For my personal life, uh, I love... I love one concept, which I, I tell myself all the time in terms of parenting and work and so forth, and definitely applies to weight loss as well, which is it's never too late to get it together. I'll wake up some days and we're like, oh my God, I ate so big. Oh my goodness. I fell so behind in that class I'm taking or in that project I want to do, and I might as well give up. And what really keeps me going knowing that it's never too late to get it together. You know, if you're in a fight with someone or it's easy to be like, okay, whatever, we just shouldn't be friends anymore. This relationship won't work or my kid is always going to be this stubborn or whatever it is. But if you remind yourself that it's too late to get it together and never too late to figure it out, you're going to be fine your whole life. And, you know, especially if this is a parent listening, I hear parents say all the time, my kid is such a picky eater. Or you might be listening and be like, uh, 
maybe I, I'll do exercise the scale in water, but you're not going to get me to eat vegetables or everything broccoli is tasty. I'm letting you know right now, it's never too late to figure it out. It's never late, too late to get it together. You always can do that. I love this quote. And where can all listeners find you? Your social handles, your information? Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Ilana Molstein. Ilana is spelled with an I. It's I-L-A-N-A-M-U-H-S-T-E-I-N-R-D, uh, registered dietitian on Instagram, Ilana Molstein RD on Instagram, and on TikTok, uh, uh, where I'm loving uh, almost 600,000 followers on TikTok. I can't believe it. I'm so obsessed. On TikTok, I am Nutrition Babe, Nutrition Babe. And uh, on LinkedIn, Alana Molstein, Twitter, Alana Molstein, all that. I got TikTok too recently. <laughs> having fun with it too. Yeah. And then my program is called 2B Mindset, uh, the number two, the letter B. Uh, 2B, like I was saying, the two bunnies come up there. Uh, 2B Mindset. And my book is called You Can Drop It. And it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, where all books are sold. Nice. Thank you so much, Alana. It was fun. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to listen back and hear what the listeners think. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. That was all for today, guys. And if you really enjoyed this episode, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories. And you can always DM me on Instagram. It's not basicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. If you haven't, subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Enjoy your day. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.